Hi, good morning. My name is Bobby. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, I want to get into our teaching time. I know we've had a lot of uh, things to think about already this morning and things to process. Uh, but we are in week three of a vision series as we think about our upcoming years. We think about who we are as a church, what we are about the things that we want to um, be attentive to, where the Spirit is leading us. Uh, We're centering these around four E's. Uh, The first E that we looked at was encounter. The transformation occurs when people are empowered by the presence of Jesus to know the love of God. I mean, that everything that you heard right here, that's at the root of this. Uh, All the things that we do, the different ministries, the different opportunities, training opportunities, equipping opportunities. It's not just so we can be better human beings or that we can, you know, have more knowledge. These are all tools that help us experience the gospel, experience the love of God more fully and more deeply in our lives and extend that out to other people as well. Um, That's the heart of who we are. That's the heart of the desire we have for others to know the transforming love of God in real and personal ways. The second E that we looked at was engage, that we are the manifestation of God's grace and mercy and acceptance in each other's lives. When we talk about the love of God, when we talk about the mercy and the grace of God, these these are not abstract concepts. They're not meant to be just theological things that we talk about. They're meant to be experienced, and the way in which we experience those most fully and most personally is through each other. When we extend love, when we extend mercy, when we forgive one another, when we show grace to each other, when we reconcile with each other, that is how we experience God himself in real and personal ways. And this morning... We come to our 30, and that is equip. Equip. One of the advantages uh, that we've had in building this church community, really from the ground up, is that we are able to create our church culture. We're able to create the things that are valuable to us, the things that are important to us from the get-go. We're not reverse engineering things. We're not having to undo things. We have had the opportunity to say, this is who we are, this, this is what we value, and this is how those values play out in our lives. And from the beginning, a huge part of that has been shaping collectively our understanding of what the church is and how we are meant to function. Answering questions like, well, who does what? Who's in charge of what? Do I have to get permission to do things? Are titles important? What if I want to do something that currently doesn't exist within the structure and the ministries of Soma Northwest? Do I have something to actually offer this group of people? These are important questions, right? These are questions and conversations that I've had with many of you at different points over the last four years. And that's what I want to look at with you this morning. That there's a deeper reality that undergirds those, the answers to those questions that shapes how we think about the church. I want to talk with us, I want to talk with you this morning about how each of you Each of you 
is equipped. And then what that means for us as a church community. Here are the two things that I want us to take away this morning. First, I want to look at the gifts of the Spirit. That the gifts of the Spirit are God himself working in and through his people so that we can experience his love. And then secondly, our organization as a church will reflect that reality and encourage the Spirit's work. The gifts of the Spirit are God himself working in and through his people so that we can experience his love. And what we do around here should reflect that reality and should encourage that kind of work. And I want to root us in 1 Corinthians 12 this morning, the first 11 verses. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 11. The Apostle Paul writes, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between the spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So, simple question. What are the spiritual gifts? Look at verse 7. They are the manifestations of the Spirit. The visible and vocal displays of God's power in human form. The visible and vocal displays of God's power in human form. This is very different than how we tend to think about spiritual gifts and maybe how you were taught to think about spiritual gifts. Do y'all, do y'all know about these spiritual gift assessments or spiritual gift tests? I don't know, maybe some of you have taken those or you've seen those things. And they, these are assessments that ask us, you know, what we like to do, how we'd react to certain situations. And through that, we're supposed to be able to discern our gifts. But hear this. Our spiritual gift isn't a personality type. It's not your Enneagram number. It's not a skill set that you've learned and developed. Your spiritual gift is God at work in you so that others can see him. 
Your spiritual gift is God's work in you so that others can see him. That's what Paul says here. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, who's at work? God. God is at work. God wants us to see his fullness, his largeness, his vastness, all of the many different sides of who he is. And that's why Paul mentions different gifts in different passages that he's written in the New Testament. Here in this one that we just read in 1 Corinthians 12, he mentions a bunch of different things. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in different kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. In a parallel passage in Romans chapter 12, he mentions service and teaching and encouragement, generosity, leadership, mercy. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, he talks about apostolic giftings and evangelism and pastoring. The point of all this is that God is huge, that God is big, that God is complex, that God cannot be boiled down into one or two things. And so if God wants to be known through his people, it makes sense that different people would be able to show God in a multitude of different ways. That's why we have a diversity of gifts. God wants his people to experience his love for us. And he has empowered each one of us to express his love in different ways. Paul wrote here that the Spirit distributes the gifts to each one just as he determines. They're gifts. You didn't earn them. You didn't deserve them. You didn't work hard to develop them and to, to figure them out. The Spirit has given them to you as gifts. And he's given you the gift that he wants you to have. The exact gift that he wants you to have. So the question is, how can we know? What does it look like for us to figure this out? What is my gift? What is the way in which God wants other people here to know his love through me? We'll start by praying and seeking the Spirit. Asking for eyes to see specific ways you can love this church body. I mean, guys, this is not mysterious. <laughs> We've made this way more complicated than it needs to be. This isn't some kind, you know, we're not like Nicolas Cage on some treasure hunt, searching monuments and secret passageways to find things. God has given each one of us a gift. We have it already. We don't have to find it outside of ourselves. You have that gifting in the way you were created and how God its spirit has been working in you. So seek the Spirit. Ask, what are you doing, God? What are the things, the interests and the desires and the passions that you have given me? And then show up and be present. Show up and be present in people's lives. Look for ways to meet their needs. Encourage them. Volunteer here on Sundays as you see different needs and different things that need to be done. And what will happen? I promise you, what will happen? is that as you begin to show up in people's lives, as you are showing up in people's lives, because so many of you have heard this and experienced it, what will people say? When you did that, 
when you said that, I really felt loved. When you showed up in this way in my life, that was a real encouragement to me. When you said this thing, when you shared this, when you taught this, that was really helpful in my understanding of who God is. You really helped me understand what God is doing in my life. When we show up, when we're present, when we look for ways to meet needs and to encourage each other, God works through that. God works through that. We show each other love in lots of different ways. And as we're doing that, certain ways will become more natural and more frequent. We'll have more opportunities to do specific things and to meet specific needs. And again, all of this is so that God's people can experience his love. And when God's people experience his love, we live in unity together. We live in unity together. Listen to verses 12 through 20. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranges the members of his body, the body, each one of them as he chooses. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. When God's spirit is working through God's people, we experience his love and we live in unity together. That is what Paul is saying here. And he illustrates this truth by comparing the church to the human body. I know a lot of you know this, and maybe, but maybe some of you don't. That's what our name means, soma. It's the Greek word for body. And it's a very intentional choice that our church is named soma because this is what we believe and this is who we desire to be. God's people unified because of the overflowing of God's love in us. When we are unified, we experience God's love most completely. And when we are experiencing God's love through each other in different ways, we will be unified. Love and unity, they're inseparable. They are inseparable. That is what Paul is referring to here as the common good. We are seeking the common good. We want everyone to experience God's goodness. We want everyone to experience God's love. And the gifts that are in us are meant to lead people in that direction and allow them to experience that love. Think of unity as health or, or wholeness. Jesus wants his body to be healthy. Jesus wants his body to be whole. And every single member 
contributes to the healthiness and the wholeness of the body. Each one of us can love one another in a specific way. Each one of us can show God to one another in a specific way. And when each different part is committed to loving the body, the whole body is healthy and functions as it should. I mean, those of you who have children, you think about this. You parent in this way. I love my kids, so I want them to grow up as healthy and whole human beings. And I do, my wife and I, we seek to do that by providing a safe and a stable environment in which they can grow. We do that by providing adequate food and clothing. We do that by teaching them healthy habits and taking care of them when they're sick. Our love for them motivates us to nurture them so that their whole person is healthy. We don't just focus on one part and say, I just really want you to have good eyesight. I don't care. I don't care about anything else. I just want you to be able to see really well. That's weird. And none of us do that. We want their whole person, all of who they are, to be healthy to experience life, to function as they were meant to function. And the same is true of this church community. Because we have a Father who loves us, He wants us collectively to be healthy and whole. And that's why He's given us the Spirit, the gift of His Spirit to empower us. Each one of us, using our gifts, builds up this body contributes to its health, and displays God's love. That's it. This is what Paul's saying here. The body of Christ has a purpose. To show the world what God is like. To show the world what God is like. God is one. God is in loving relationship with himself. And if we are to reflect that reality, all the parts of Christ's body have to work in unison. But we have a hard time with that, don't we? We have a hard time with that. We have a hard time getting ourselves to work in unison. And that's why the body of Christ so often looks very unhealthy, disintegrated, and fractured. And there are a number of ways in which we find ourselves out of joint. To give you some context here for 1 Corinthians, this group of people, when you read the letters that Paul wrote to them, they were obviously a very gifted and talented group of people. They were a very wealthy group of people. But what had happened is had led Paul to write these letters and correct them in some very specific ways, particularly their view of their spiritual gifts. They had elevated some gifts. These they considered more important or maybe more spiritual. And they poo-pooed other gifts. So a lot of people who didn't have these quote-unquote important gifts felt like outsiders. And they became jealous of those who had the more important gifts and they neglected their own gift. What Paul wrote to them was, hey, you're still part of the body. Just because you're not using your gift doesn't mean you're not part of the body. It's just that the part of the body you are 
isn't being used. It's underdeveloped. And it's affecting the rest of the body. We have to watch out for that danger as well. I mean, I'll be honest, gifts of teaching and leadership and pastoring. Those are the things that get platformed today. Those are the things that are seen as important. That's what gives you a voice. That's what gives you a platform. That's what gives you influence in people's lives today. That's what is praised and valued. And so if you look at your life and you say, I'm not a great teacher, I'm not a pastor, I'm not uh, a highly functional and effective leader, you can look at the church landscape today and say, do I really matter here? Can I really serve here? Is what I have to offer really important? Will people appreciate it? Is it valuable? We're also in danger of turning Um, tuning out the Spirit's presence and power in our lives. When we only show up when it's convenient, when we only serve and sacrifice when it gets noticed, when we are content with consuming how other people are serving and what other people are bringing, or we're not really participating in what the Spirit wants to do in us, if we're assuming that someone else will meet a need because they're more qualified or they're better positioned to do so, all of these attitudes and all of these choices will keep us from using our gifts and the body of Christ will suffer for it. The body of Christ will be less than what it is supposed to be and meant to be because of. Instead of promoting its health, we withhold a useful part and we inflict pain. So when we think about our church community, when we think about equipping, there are two things that are true. The first is we have been equipped already. Each one of us who is a believer in Jesus Christ, you have been equipped by the Holy Spirit to serve. But the second truth is, we must use what we've been given to build each other up. We have been equipped that we must choose to use the gift that God has given us to build each other up. So what does that mean for us this year? What does that mean for us this year? First, it starts with a a mindset. We have to continue to see the church as an organism, as living and acting with a purpose. Our body is created to move. All of the parts moving in unison and working together in the same direction, following Jesus who is our head. If you are a Christian, the power and presence of God is in you. You are part of Christ's body. And the people here at Soma Northwest need you. We need you. We are incomplete without you. 
When you show up in the life of the church to speak words of encouragement, to serve those in need, to teach the scriptures, to give wisdom and guidance to people looking for direction, to pray for healing, to give generously, we experience God's love through you. You don't need an advanced degree to do this. You don't need to get a paycheck from the church to do this. You don't need a lifetime of walking with Jesus to be qualified to do this. God's empowering presence is in you. The gifts of the Spirit, again, are God's, God himself working in and through us so that we can experience his love and display his glory to this world. And so I want to encourage each of you How will this be true of you this year? In what ways will you bring your gift to this body? What needs does this church community have that you can meet? As elders, Andrew and Nate and I, we are responsible for shepherding this church. We are not responsible for doing everything. For thinking about everything for equipping everyone in every way, or to run every ministry. It's incumbent upon us to encourage each of you to build up this body and to provide opportunities for you to do that. We don't know everything. We aren't qualified to train you in every area. I mean, i give you an example. I love, and I hear this a lot, when I'm talking to some of you and in conversation, it'll come up. Hey, you know, this other person, this isn't gossip. This is just we're we're talking. This other person is struggling or this couple is having a hard time in their marriage. And so we've been meeting with them. We've been having them over for dinner. We've been uh, we've been praying with them. We've been talking about things with them. And you know what that does? That shows me that the body of Christ is working in the way that it should. Because I'll be frank, in a lot of churches, the only people who know what's going on are the pastors. Because the only people who are caring for people are the pastors. Or the only people that folks see as being qualified to care for them are the pastors. That is not true here. And praise God for that. Because that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. You shouldn't feel boxed out. You shouldn't feel uninvolved. If you do, if you are, then you should come and talk to us. We have deacons, servants in this church, men and women who have committed to lead and serve our church in a very specific way. You know, maybe that's because of a unique qualification or, or experience. But often it's just people who are saying, hey, I see this as a need in our church, and I want to commit to help give some focused energy to it. Or, or to lead a group of people who will think about this and work on this for a specific season. They're catalysts. People like Tamise who are saying, I'm going to lead this worship team. And I'm going to help these men and women who are part of this worship team develop their own giftings and serve our church in this way. Folks like Harry, who's our deacon of volunteer development, 
who's saying, like, in this season, I'm going to help people get connected and figure out where they want to serve and how they can help our church and fill in some of these needs and give direction to that and so many more. This doesn't mean that others can't do this or that others won't do this. This is how things happen around here. This is how we live into what we believe God has called us to do. Before I close, I also want to give a reality check. Showing up and loving others in these different ways, it is demanding. It requires sacrifice. Quite honestly, that's why a lot of us don't do it. It's because it's hard. It's hard work. And on top of everything else that we got going on in our lives, the thought that we got to show up in this community and lay our lives down and give up our time and expend our energy and work with people who are difficult to work with and say things that are hard to say sometimes, like that, that doesn't sound great. That doesn't sound fun. That doesn't sound comfortable. Lifting the burdens that are crushing other people. That's not fun. Saying difficult things and making tough decisions. That's uncomfortable. But that's what the church needs. That's what we need. That's God's desire. That's how we see more of Him and experience more of Him. And so I want to encourage you this morning to give humble attention to the Spirit. And to look for the needs around you. I want to encourage you to be courageous. To step into areas that require leadership. Don't let the negative beliefs that this is too hard. I can't do it. Nobody's going to respect me. Nobody's going to respond to me. Nobody wants to listen to me. Those are lies. Those are lies from the devil. We need to be courageous in saying God has gifted me. God has empowered me. I may not know how to do everything. I may not have a lot of experience in this, but this is a need. This is something I think our church can step into. This is a way that I can serve and love other people. And so I'm going to step out in courage, knowing that God's spirit will empower me. I am so proud to be a part of this community. Because you, I just look around this room and I see so many people who have shown the love of God to me who have served me, who have encouraged me, who have lifted burdens off of me. I'm so proud that when things, when needs come up, we have too many people sometimes offering to help, offering to give, offering to show up. That's beautiful. And that is the body of Christ working as it should. But we can't rest on our laurels. We can't just assume that the things that we've always done are going to be the things that we always will do. We must in humility seek the Spirit and continue to love each other and serve each other in specific ways. There are people all over this city who are grieving, who are angry, who are scared, who are confused. We talked about this last week that Jesus told his disciples in John 13 that the way that people would know God, who Jesus is and what it means to follow him is not by just a few super talented people doing everything, but it's by each one of us 
loving each other. I know what God is like because of your love for me. That's who we are. That's how we operate. That's what it means to be a part of Soma Northwest Church. That's what, as we think about this year, I want to encourage you, where? Where do you want to serve? What do you want to do? How do you want to bring yourself to this community? Maybe in the same ways, maybe in new ways. There's a low barrier of entry here. (laughs) Do you have the Spirit of God? Are you willing to work? That's it. That's it. And we can know that if we do that, if we move forward in that direction, that God will work in us and God will work through us so that each one of us can experience his love and display his glory to a watching world around us. Holy Spirit, fill us. Holy Spirit, empower us. Holy Spirit, revive us and let us experience the boundless love of God. As we come to our time of communion this morning, we do it together. We say Christ's body broken for us, his blood shed for us, because we believe that as followers of Jesus, we have been united with him. God is one and we have been brought into relationship with him through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so let's do this this morning. Let's do this this morning in love, in gratitude, in thankfulness. Let's do it together as the body of Christ. Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ is coming back again. Let's do this in remembrance of him.